Welcome to One Good Thing Media, your official podcast review channel. We search the vast digital landscape on a daily basis to discover the best shows that podcasters have to offer. Are you ready to discover new favorites to add to your playbook? Stay tuned and listen to host Gerald Spears' latest podcast reviews. Everybody, this is Gerald. I hope everybody is having a fabulous January. It is so nice to turn a page on the calendar and start new once again, right? So I want to apologize. First of all, we're a little late in starting our new year. It's not because of lack of interest or passion, but the fact that our crew has been struck by that terrible influenza B that is circulating all around the world. And let me tell you, it's no joke. So if you don't have to go out and mingle among the public, please stay home and take good care of yourself too. I am downing the immunotherapy herbs that I, you know, and the minerals and everything. And hopefully, fingers crossed, I'm still healthy and I'll stay that way. So this is season two, episode seven. And I am here to tell you that we have a lot coming up in the first quarter of 2024. We have two uh, interviews already recorded, and they're in the process of being mixed in with the rest of our episodes. And we have two more to come. So we're growing, we're becoming more sophisticated, an inch by inch process. We're not taking leaps and bounds over here, but we are continuing to evolve. And I am so glad that you're with us on this journey. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, I just want to let you know that our purpose as a podcast is to review other podcasts that we find outstanding. They come in a variety of genres. I, the only thing I'm trying to think, the only thing I don't really cover is sports. And that's because number one, I'm clueless. And number two, it turns my brain into a Q-tip. So before we get going, please give us a follow wherever you're listening to our podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Amazon Music, wherever you happen to be listening right now. And to tap the stars, make sure all five of them light up because a five-star review is what we need from everybody in order to become more visible on the charts. And of course, this makes us more accessible to people and will increase our numbers exponentially. So thank you in advance for doing that for us. Now we have a good show today and I say, Gerald, why don't you just stop talking about yourself and let's start talking about two podcasts that I heartily recommend for you to check out. one is called Deathbed Confessions, and it is a Spotify original in conjunction with Parcast. And Deathbed Confessions is particularly relevant to me because when my father was on his deathbed, 
getting ready to pass into the next world, he confessed something to me that was so shocking and so big that I started analyzing everything about him and all my interactions from him, with him from the time I was a toddler, and that's how earth-shaking it was. Now, I'm not ready to tell you what it is, and I may never be, or I may be, I don't know, but not in this episode. But with that said, I can certainly tell you what it feels like when a loved one tells you something so shocking, and you don't even have time or the capacity to question them on it, because they're slipping away. Now, one of the good things about deathbed confessions is there are so many episodes, so you'll be able to binge for hours if you so choose and not have to wait, you know, week to week. I wonder what next week's going to be. And now, if that's what you like, then yeah, take your time. But, you know, for me, I like to just gobble things up. I like to consume things and then perhaps go back and listen to special episodes twice. That's just my style. But with deathbed confessions, you know, there are many stories about, say, somebody who is just an average Joe. His kids always knew him or her as just a person who worked nine to five, maybe, you know, even punched a time clock with the city. And then only to find out on their deathbed that they were also a cat burglar or a bank robber or even a murderer. It's just, you know, it's something that just you can't wrap your head around at the time, but you think about it for the rest of your life. Now, I have an example of it today, and this one I find very interesting because I love anything to do with extraterrestrial beings or flying saucers or whatever, because I personally believe that we're not alone in this universe and that we're occasionally visited by beings from other planets. I think the the uh, proof is stacking up. We've talked about it in Congress now. And, you know, I think it's getting harder and harder to deny. So I am listening to, right now, I just finished it, actually. It's called Roswell Revealed, Walter Out, Hout, Part 1 and Part 2. You actually get two episodes. Walter Hout was a pilot during World War II. He flew a lot of missions. He was wounded and received the Purple Heart. He had an exemplary record. And after World War II ended, he was shipped to Roswell, New Mexico, and took on the position of being a communications officer for what is now called Walker Air Force Base. And when there was a report of an alien crash, (laughs) how else do I put it, in a, a... field of a remote cattle ranch, he was assigned to go with the other army people of different ranks and duties to go out and see what was going on. He helped pick up some of the debris that day. He was, after that, he was involved in all of the top level meetings because he had to take notes. He was a communications officer. And that was for the purpose of sharing information with the public and other military brass. When the remains of the ship were sent to Fort Worth, Texas for a more in-depth evaluation, Hutt, of course, went with them and was there every step of the way. And sometime later, he also reported that he had seen, it was either three or four bodies of non-human beings that uh, they had in ice, on ice, I should say. And he described the 
aliens, for lack of a better word, is having very large heads and about the size of 10-year-olds. Now, later, the military in 1994, when they reopened the investigation into Roswell, revealed that they did have experimental balloons that could have been mistaken uh, for the ships that were actually spy balloons that were top secret and that they did contain dummies that were there also testing the effects of high-level altitudes on humans. So the whole thing kind of got mishmashed, right? But here is the interesting thing. Walter Hout did reveal some information prior to his death, but the majority of his information he wanted to release after he died. I guess part of that probably would be that he didn't want people to think he was kooky, and also that he was told by the military and by the federal government that he was never to utter a word about this incident. So even when he opened a UFO, seriously he did, a UFO museum in Roswell in the 1990s, he really didn't tell a lot about his experience. That all came later. So interesting enough, when he died, of course, information was released. It was like a deathbed confession. But also, in this particular series, they talk about many other men that were there on this on site when that craft or whatever it was crashed and what they saw. And they did that as their last words. It was their deathbed confessions. And when their confessions were made public at a later date, they were alarmingly similar. So was it a weather balloon? Was it a spy balloon? Or was it a UFO? And here's a clip to give you a flavor of the show. It's very nicely produced, and I think you're going to enjoy it. So here we go. One person with a definite agenda is 80-year-old Walter Hout. His house on West 7th Street is only six miles from Walker Air Force Base, where as a young first lieutenant, he once served as public information officer. Less than two miles south of the base is the International UFO Museum and Research Center that he helped found. But neither of these are his destination this morning as he walks slowly down his garden path, trees flanking him like an honor guard. Walter has lived a quiet life in retirement. He's a man of few words, fiercely loyal. It's that very loyalty that has eaten away at him for decades now. A story locked away, thanks to the twin padlocks of country and friendship. He's not a young man anymore. And loyalty aside, he is determined that what he knows will not die with him. And so many people are so happy that he did not die silently. But there are other things. If you're not interested in UFOs, there are so many topics on the Deathbed Confessions uh, podcast, and I suggest you check it out. My next review is a combination of horror and true story, and it's called The Sisters. And it is a story of family ties, obsessions, satanic worship, 
and soul, S-O-U-L, possession. And although it's not presented in graphic detail, the sisters also involves the death of children. So if any of these topics trigger you, please click out of this review right now and you can go to our website or go to uh, any podcast directory that features our work and you can enjoy a lot of lighthearted entertainment. You don't have to listen to this, so you've been warned. The Sisters is a Realm original podcast and you can listen to it you know, by going to Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you listen to your podcasts, and then searching for Undertow, the podcast called Undertow. That is the name of the official Realm podcast. Now, I know it's confusing, but you just search for Undertow, and once you're directed there, you can scroll down to the episode that's entitled Introducing the Sisters, and you're good to go. Now, I do have one caveat on this podcast. I loved The Sisters. It had a totally unique production quality to it, but not all of the series that they present are that great. So use your judgment carefully and, you know, pick through it because there are a couple other ones I'm sure that are shining that I just haven't found yet. The Sisters is written by Brett Nietzsche and As as many of his stories are, it's very intricate, it's finely woven, and in this particular case, it fluidly moves between two different times and two different continents. So you can be in Philadelphia in present day, or you can be in England in a little town called Hexham, H-E-X-H-A-M, in the 1950s and 1960s. And I know that sounds confusing, but it's not. I mean, we have to look at this simply, right? When the people come on that are actually speaking from the past 1950s, 1960s, they're speaking in very eloquent British accents. And when you end up in Philadelphia, they're American. They have American accents. So that alone, it's easy to cue. Okay, we're in the past. No, we're in the present. You know In terms of the true story, it is true up to a point what happened, what he portrays in the 50s and 60s. The twins, for instance, were real people, the parents and so forth that are presented. He has changed the names a little bit, but that did really happen. And the mother did become obsessed with the fact that she knew, she just knew that her daughters were living with her twins that she lost within their bodies and within their souls. But then... Things get a little hinky, and the imagination of the author takes off. And of course, you know, in that particular case, the husband was poo-pooing this woman. You know, how could that be? Don't be silly. We're so blessed to be able to have not only another child, but to have another set of twins and so forth. And then one day, they noticed that the girls were outside playing, two of them, right? But they were casting four shadows. The podcast actually opens in modern-day Philadelphia at the Mutter Museum, and it's there that we first meet our heroine, Frankie Bradshaw, and Frankie with an I, is played, who is played by Mae Whitman. She's our heroine, but she's got problems. She's trying to stay on the wagon. She's trying to master how to live as a single woman, 
following a really, truly devastating divorce. And she's unhappy about her career trajectory. She's in this small medical oddity type museum, and she imagined much grander plans after she got out of college, much grander career, I should say. And she's also trying to survive the lifelong pain of mysteriously losing her twin sister when they were 10 years old. They went to school one day, This her sister disappeared, and she was never heard from again. So you'd think that'd be enough to weave a dark tale, right? But it's just the backstory. Honestly, uh, things take a turn for the worst, of course, because the plot must move on here. After the Mutter Museum receives a mysterious package containing a human skeleton with two sets of bones fused together and an ancient reel-to-reel tape player that has a tape that when they play it, it has nothing but occult chants on it. And that was where the confusion started, and nobody could figure out what was going on until they did. So you just have to hang in there and listen to it. And I will tell you that of all the podcasts that I listen to constantly, it is one of the very few that I did not binge. I listened to it an episode at a time. I thought about it. I enjoyed it. I rolled it around in my mind and kind of savored the story. There are some interesting asides. Now, I told you before that this particular podcast, you know, serial is based on a true story in England, and the author took that true story and then unleashed his imagination to create this horror-filled plot and the occult and all the supernatural things that naturally accompany that, right? But also, the Mutter Museum is a real medical oddities and science museum that's located in the Center City area of Philadelphia. And if you know Philadelphia, Center City is absolutely lovely. It's a great area. So if you're ever there, I would definitely recommend that you stop by the Mutter Museum. And they have a lot of medical oddities there, including, okay, are you ready? Including a piece of Einstein's brain and a skeleton that has a rare genetic condition called fibrodysplasia ossificans progressiva that causes tendons, ligaments, skeletal muscles, and other soft tissues to ossify or turn into bony tissue. The layman's term for this genetic disorder is stone man's disease, and sadly, the a lot of the freak shows in the 1950s, that's what they call them, in 1940s that had oddities like the fat man and the thin man and the tallest man and the woman with three legs and whatever. Occasionally, they would have a person there that was turning to stone, the stone man. And it was actually the fibro, fibrodysplasia ossificans progressiva disease. And it is ultimately fatal, but that was the way it was back then. And if you ever heard about a stone man in the sideshows, that's what it was. I love the way the author, Brett Nietzsche, reveals this horror story just one colorful passage at a time, and including the use of flashbacks that give greater meaning to present-day dangers. So take it seriously. Listen to all the context. Go down every rabbit hole and mull it around in your mind and enjoy. It is a horror-filled romp 
that I hardly recommend. And in fact, I'm going to wait about another month or two, and then I'm going to listen to the whole series again. Normally, at this point, I would be sharing two or three quickie reviews of other shows that I've seen that I absolutely love. But unfortunately, we are having a snowstorm, and I need to make sure that the house is secure and that we're going to be staying nice and dry and cozy. So if you'll go up on our Facebook page, One Good Thing Media, as soon as you hear this podcast, I will have posted those quickies on there once I get this situation with Mother Nature settled. So until we talk again, have a wonderful week, folks, and we have a great show next week. We are going to be interviewing a person who belonged to the same cult as the Duggar family. It's going to be a great interview, so listen up. And it's also our first interview of the year, so let's do this together. So until then, stay safe, stay dry, and by all means, stay warm. Bye for now, but we will be back next week on our podcast, One Good Thing Media. Season two of One Good Thing Media has been brought to you by host and creator Gerald Spear. All things technical were fine-tuned by sound engineer David Dodd, and our announcer for all of our shows is Robert Spear. Our theme song for all of Season 2 of One Good Thing Media is Force by AGST. 